0: All right, welcome everyone. We'll encourage you guys to uh, find your seats. We have a, a very special night planned for you. Tom and his team has put together a dramatic presentation that's going to walk us through a journey towards the cross. And my encouragement to you tonight is, is to enjoy this as a, a worship service that you participate in. You're going to see a number of different things. There's going to be some video. There's going to be monologue. There's going to be worship that you get to be able to uh, enjoy and, and sing with. And within that, one of the things that I think is is super important is to have our mindset right. We started last Sunday with Palm Sunday, and tonight we're going to really focus in and get our hearts ready for Good Friday and for sunrise on Sunday and our services that are there. And to do that, we really just need to pause and, and and reflect and and to meditate and think about these things. So I want to encourage you to, to really enjoy that time. There's a couple of elements that I do want to let you know about that, that you can do. As we open up, it's going to be very uh, fluid and there's going to be a time of communion. As you can see, the communion tables that are set around. Tom will give some instructions at the appropriate time of when that is to take place. It'll be self-serve, so you'll be able to get up and, and, and serve yourself as need be. But what you're going to find also in front of you are index cards in the back of the chairs. You all see them? And pencils. And if you don't have those, then you can ask the people behind you, and they might be so kind to, to, to be able to share that with you. There should be enough for everyone. What we want to do is encourage you, if there's anything that you're working through, that you're struggling with, maybe some unconfessed sin, worry, despair. As we enter into the first part of this journey, I want to encourage you to write down whatever it is. We have a pretty pretty good set of songs in the beginning. And as God moves on your heart, write those down and bring them over to the cross. And it's symbolic of of you taking that distraction or that pain or that suffering or or that sin, or whatever it is, and you're going to bring it over here, and you're going to lay it at the feet of the cross, and that way you can just come to the Lord in that clear conscience, that clear mind, and that clear presence. So again, I want to encourage you. And, and once we get going, the lights are going to be down. So at, um, after a bit, so it might get a little okay, chaotic try and trying to trying to move out. And I know that um, that it, it might get a little hard. So just be patient with us, and it'll it'll be about an hour and a half give or take, Um, let's pray and go to the Lord in in prayer. God, I thank you for our time. I thank you for this place. I thank you for this season that you afford to us to be able to remember, to reflect, to think about all of the things that took place over 2,000 years ago for our salvation, for our redemption. Lord Jesus, you are mindful for us. You know us by name. And seeing us, you embrace the cross. There's a whole lot of events that took place in that journey to the cross. And as we see and hear and reflect on these things, may you prepare our hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray you would move uh, on this room and in the hearts of those that are watching online, that we would be fully surrendered to your power, your presence, and your work. We offer this up to you now in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Like Pastor Kerry said, we're going to have a number of songs that are going to prepare us for our time of communion that we're going to be sharing in just a little bit. and encourage you to allow these songs, use these songs as your own, to worship your God. I'm going to invite you in a moment to stand on this first one, but then as we go through the rest of this time, if you would like to uh, sit down and do more some reflection and stuff feel free to stay standing or sit down, but I do encourage you to stay engaged and uh, worship Jesus for who he is tonight. So let's stand together.
2: Kids were as guardians, but there in the garden, the cup was not. Jesus paid him all. i you
1: sing this next song, you are free to go to the different stations. We've got one on either side of the rows and one in the back. And take your communion elements, bring them back to your seat. We'll partake together in a few minutes. So go um, whenever you're ready to go get those. We want to just remind you that this is a meal for those that um, have professed Jesus as their Lord and Savior. So uh, we welcome you to partake this evening.
2: your invitation we remember.
0: As we take a look at communion to have in common, to consider what the Lord has done for us, to be able to consider that we have a promise that's guaranteed. And you have in your hands a symbol of that guarantee. The body. And the blood of Jesus represented by the bread in a cup. I want to read to you a passage out of Luke 22, verse 14. And when the hour had come, he reclined at the table and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I shall never eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And when he had taken the cup and gave thanks, he said, Take this and share it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until the kingdom of God comes. And when he had taken some bread and gave thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup, which is poured out for you, is the new covenant of my blood. For behold, the hand of the one that betrays me is with mine on the table. For indeed, the Son of Man is going as it's been determined. But woe to that man by whom he is betrayed. And they began to discuss among themselves which one of them it might be and who is going to do this. Can you imagine? You're sitting at a table and it was a Passover meal and before you is all the normal Passover food that would be there. And Jesus would take up a piece of pita bread. and he would hold it and he would break it and he'd pass it out. And he said, take this bread. It represents my body. And as a Christ follower, as a disciple, one who has spent three years with Jesus, you would be clueless. What do you mean your body? This is bread. So no. This bread represents my body. It'll be given for you. This bread that we hold in our hands is a reminder it's a reminder that all Jesus went through to be able to pay the penalty for our sin we couldn't be there 2,000 years ago we're here how would he convey that message to the church, to his body looking ahead he would see you he'd see you here tonight they see you gather together with believers. Say, How can I show them that I love them? I'll use bread. And so with that, he broke the bread and he gave it to him and he said, Take it. As we partake of this bread, there's nothing magical, it's it's a cracker. It's not a snack. It's a memorial, it's a reminder. That Jesus would take upon his body the pain, the sorrow, the punishment. He would be beaten to the extent that you wouldn't be able to recognize him as a human being. He would be whipped. His back would be laid open. He didn't die of the blood loss or the shock or the trauma. They would rip his beard out, blindfold him, mock him, march him through the streets and hang him on a cross in excruciating pain. But that wasn't the real pain. That wasn't the real suffering. It would be when the Father would judge him upon his human being, his body, the totality of the sins of the world. Upon his body, he would feel the weight of sin your sin and my sin. His body. As often as you eat this, remember what He did for you. And you'll never have to experience that kind of pain. Sorrow or suffering or even the wrath of God. Because Jesus took it all for you. Let's hold up this bread. God, we thank You for this bread and all that it means. God, we honor You being obedient to your word. Lord Jesus, we honor you for what you did for us to give us life. And out of obedience, we take this bread and we receive it by faith, knowing that someday we will sit across a table, a magnificent table, where you once again will have a feast at the head and break bread with us again. But till then, may we remember and never forget Thank you for this bread in Jesus' name. Let's all take it together. The cup. The cup is a reminder. It's a reminder of the shed blood of Jesus. The wages of sin is death, the free gift of God is eternal life. But it's only free because somebody paid that price. Jesus did. God demands a blood sacrifice for sin. Temporarily, the blood of bulls and goats were to be a covering. But Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And it was his blood that was shed. Can you imagine the blood that would flow from his wrists, from his feet, from his head, from the crown of thorns that was pierced, his skull, and in the end when he would say, it is finished, tetelestai, which means paid in full. He would surrender his spirit because the job was done and then a Roman soldier would pierce his side to make sure he was dead. And out of his side would flow blood and water, a medical phenomenon that comes from a broken heart. As we take this cup, yes, it's grape juice, but it's a memorial, it's a reminder of the blood of Jesus that cleanses you from all your past sin, your present sin, and your future sin. Jesus has got you covered. So as we offer this cup up, we ask for God's blessing on it. God, we thank you for this blessing and all that it means. This cup that reminds us that our sins are forgiven. When Satan wants to to tell us that we're a sinner, say, no, I'm a saint. Because Jesus paid the price and has washed me, made me white as snow. Lord, we thank you for this cup. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your blood that was shed for me over 2,000 years ago that continues to cleanse my life. No guilt and no shame before the throne of God. I'm redeemed and I'm clean. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Let's all take the cup together. As we continue on, let's cut the stage in Matthew twenty-six thirty. And after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives.
3: Something is coming. A revolution. I can feel it. The Passover meal tonight, it was it was different. It was so much deeper. It was so much greater. Will Jesus finally end the oppression of the Romans? Will we finally fight for the freedom that we once had? I long for that. I long for To take control for justice. And I am ready. I'm I'm also afraid. But I'm so ready. I've never been a part of anything like this before. And I will not cower. I promised Jesus that I would be by his side. And that I would die for him. And I will. Jesus. He's my best friend. I've only known him for a short while. We've got so many stories to tell. <laughs> like that time I tried to walk on water as he was. That was embarrassing. He does these amazing things. He's never afraid. I want to be as brave as he is. And then he does the lowliest of things that only a servant would do. Like, like tonight. He washed my feet. Why would He do that for me? I'm nothing. I failed Him many times trying to be brave. And I want to be the same loyal friend that He has been to me. I must be as brave as He is brave. But right now, right now, I'm so exhausted. What what am I doing? I cannot sleep. I must be ready. But for what? I do not know. Jesus' voice. I hear him praying. his his voice sounds full of sorrow his prayer is heavy with grief he sounds afraid jesus afraid Does he not think that we will be victorious? Does he not believe that I will be by his side? Tonight, he said that I would deny him. How could I do that? What kind of friend would I be? Even if everybody else denies him, I will not. Father, In heaven, do not let me be afraid. Father, do not. Father, fill me with courage and strength. And redeem us, Lord. What was that? I heard something. Jesus, they're coming. Many of them. Now is the time that I prove to Jesus that I will not abandon him.
4: the one. We all thought he was the one. Everyone did. There was a party and we were all we were all there and and some woman comes in and she has a bottle of perfume, expensive perfume, and she just pours it all over him. She did that because she thought he was the one. What a waste. We could have sold that perfume and used the money for a greater purpose. I tried to tell him as much. And he came back at me insinuating that he was the purpose. Even so, I believed he was the one. I believed that he was going to turn everything upside down. I I, I just I just knew it. I mean, people would have followed him anywhere. All he had to do was just say the word, but he wouldn't say the word. Instead, my time has not yet come. That's what he would say over and over to me. My time has not yet come. Are you kidding me? He was raising people from the dead for crying out loud. He was healing the blind, producing food out of thin air. My time has not yet come. So I forced his hand. I made his time come. Things needed to push. And I was the only one that had the courage to do it. We were all up there eating. We were all up there. He looks across the table to me and he says, get on with it. How how did he know what I was going to do? It wasn't about the money. It was not about the money. It's just when you have that kind of power that he has, why wouldn't you leverage it to forward, to forward the agenda? People listen to him. You know the sound a wave makes after it hits the shore? And how quiet it gets after a few seconds when it stops. That was Jesus. When he spoke, it was like a, a rolling wave. And the crowds listening. They were the hush at the end of the wave. Because when he spoke, and you were there in his presence, there was no doubt in anyone's mind he was the one.
5: He's just a man. Just a simple man, this Jesus. But why does my heart race? And why do I feel weak when I look into his eyes? I am not weak. I am Pilate, the governor. I am powerful. And I cower for no one. Does this Jesus not know that his life is in my hands? That I make the final decision? Yet there is something and settling about the silence that follows my questions this Jesus he does not defend himself he does not fight for his rights what is this about this man is clearly innocent he does not deserve the punishment of death but the people the people they are convinced that he must die What do I do? I cannot think. Their cries and screams are loud and unbearable. Shut up! Be quiet! I command you! What do the people have against this Jesus that stands for execution? It did not even please them. That I was willing to have him beaten. I had him humiliated, flogged, punished. They had no satisfaction from that. They are bloodthirsty and angry and have no regard for this life that is on trial. They seek revenge. They seek revenge of some sort. I do not feel right carrying this out. There's something deep within the law beyond even the rights of this man that tells me he should not die. But I have tried. I have done everything that I can. I have even offered Barabbas. He's a man that deserves death. But they did not want Barabbas. They will not budge. It's as if they looked right past him with evil intent in their eyes and disdain on their faces. They will not waver, well, I will not be made a joke. The outcome of disagreeing with this mob could be costly, and it is important that I satisfy
3: the people.
6: A nightmare, or was it his dreams? They won't leave me. All the peoples have dreamed about him. Why me? Call him what you want a criminal, a lunatic. All I know is this Jesus claimed to have a direct connection to God. Nightmares came with a message what do I do with this message what if the nightmares came from the devil himself to thwart the plans of the man they say saves souls what if it came from an angel saying his time had come to rule the world I did the only thing I could do even though I knew it could cost my husband and I our privileged positions my husband I have nothing to do with that man, Jesus.
5: Is there any other way? Think I could wash my hands clean, but could I ever wash my conscience clean? Could my mind ever be at rest after putting this innocent man over to the most gruesome of deaths? My own wife has even warned me. But what other options do I have? None. I have no other option, but this decision falls on the people, not me. If they want his life, they can have his life, but his blood will be on their hands, not mine. His blood will be on all of them. I wash my hands clean. I wash my conscience clean. If the people want crucifixion, then
2: crucify Him!
7: Cannot be a Roman soldier and be weak at heart. You will not make it. I am trained to show no mercy. I am trained to follow orders no matter how brutal. I do not care about prisoners' feelings. I do not care that this Jesus claims to be a Messiah, some king of the Jews, king of the rats. I do as I'm told, or it's my life that's at stake. Do you understand? I've done no wrong. The prisoner, that's who's done wrong. And where there is wrong, there must be punishment. And Rome demands that punishment is harsh. Some prisoners don't survive it. But these Jews need to see that Rome means business. And if they choose to do wrong and break the law, Rome gives no second chances. Some say I'm callous. So? Some say I'm ruthless. <laughs> Maybe. You say I'm heartless and unforgiving? I say, I do my job. I follow orders. You want to know about the process, you say? You want to know what happened to this Jesus? Is this your Jesus? You better think before you answer that. So you want to know? Well, allow me to enlighten you. But you will not like it. Some of you won't be able to stomach it. You see, a group of us Roman soldiers... We gathered around this, Jesus. And at Pilate's orders, Jesus was flogged. What's flogging? Well, it's done with whips and lashes. Many, many lashes. And we don't just use an ordinary whip. No, we tie in bits of bone and metal. So when the whip hits Jesus' back, it cuts and tears. And after many, many, many lashes, Jesus' flesh was ripped and torn until his body was unsightly. And then one of the soldiers remembered That he claimed to be a king. Well, what's a king without a robe? So we found a purple robe. And we put it on him. See, nothing's too good for our royal prisoner. And every king needs a crown. So we fashioned a crown for Jesus out of the thorn bushes that grow in this cursed place. Oh, it was a snug fit. But we forced it into the top of Jesus' head, pressing the thorns deep into his flesh until the blood streamed down his face. We continued to mock him, humiliate him, spit on him, and beat him over and over and over until he was barely recognizable. He laid there in the dirt, completely humiliated. No dignity left as a man. Have you heard enough? Need I say more? I completed the task. I followed orders. And it was a job well done. Because I am a devoted Roman soldier.
8: I hardly know what just happened. I was coming into town with my son before the Passover. I didn't have any idea what... I, I just... There was a great mob of people coming in my direction. There was a great commotion in the streets. I could not see what all the yelling and the anger was about until around the corner of the wall came a man. He was so badly beaten, so badly flogged. He struggled to walk. He struggled to breathe. I could hardly see his face. There was so much blood and dirt. If I had known this man, I certainly would not have even recognized him. And then, I caught his eyes. His eyes told me that he was a man of compassion, not a man of crime. But these people all around me, they despised him. They cursed his name over and over. I clearly heard that his name was Jesus. I don't understand. What has. Aren't these the same people that were praising and worshiping him in the street just a few days ago? What could possibly have happened to make them turn so quickly? I was told to carry the cross. They did not ask me to carry it. I had no choice but to take the cross from His back and put it on mine. The weight was heavy. The road now seemed forever long. With every vicious insult hurled, what must my son be thinking as he sees his dad participate to this humiliation the shame with every cruel word the cross got heavier and more difficult to carry then we reached the place Relief came as I dropped the cross to the ground. But dread came also as my heart broke for this man beside me, Jesus, who was about to be crucified on the very cross that I just carried for him. I will never, ever forget this day.
1: stretch your arms and
2: go around the world and why for me the Savior's cry be heard I don't know why you went where I was meant to go I don't know why you love me so those were my nails those were my crowns that pierced your heads and your brow those were my thorns those were my scorns those were my tears that fell down just as you said it would be did it all for me. And after you counted the cost, you took my shame, my blame on my cross.
8: Christ. what should I do with Jesus
2: what has he done wrong
7: you're crucifying him.
3: crucifying the man that took your place. I don't mean your place. I'm not saying you should be crucified.
0: Ourselves are next
7: to each other.
4: The crowd is picking up.
1: We need to go. a hole in the wall between the cells. I could pull a a piece out and see him.
4: I saw everything.
7: Barabbas,
8: the Romans may have let you go, but they aren't going to let you live.
7: They beat him. They cursed
4: him. They spit on him. He never said a thing.
7: He... He never fought back. Once we get out of town and find someone to treat your wound, Did you see what they did to him? His
2: back. That crown.
7: Those thorns. At least it wasn't you. Why not? Why not me? I am I don't know why not. But if
5: we are going to leave, we need to leave now.
2: Stop! Stop talking! Just
7: place he took my place
2: That you could see my need And choose to take my place And then For me These words I'd hear you say Father, no Forgive them For they know not what they do I will go I love them so. Those were my nails. That was my crown that pierced your hands and your brow. Those were my thorns. Those were my scorns. Those were my tears that fell down. And just like you said it would be, you did it all For me, after you counted the cost, you took my shame, my blame, on my cross. my tears that fell down, just like you said it would be, you did it all for me, and after you counted the cost, you took my shame, my blame, on my cross. Just like you said it would be, you did it all for me, and after you counted the cost, you took my shame, my blame, on my cross.
6: The city was already heaving with people from the Passover. The Jews surely would have rioted. I can only pretend to know what real power feels like. For I'm only married to it. Does innocent blood run warmer on his hands? Does regret steal his sleep? Whatever the case, he did not listen to me. His followers say that he will come back to life. Let me assure you, there is no coming back from what he succumbed to. Who do I say that he is? This man who stood stoically as he was beaten, ridiculed, and tortured? Who claimed things I'd never seen another human being claim? Talk peacefully as far as I could ever tell. I have no idea who he was, but it doesn't matter. He's dead.